This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. Um, okay, so we have John Koontz and, and Matt Ranella in Matt Ranella's home, and we have Jim Durkin and Rico. How do you say your last name? Latone. Latone. Uh, and that we're doing a new thing tonight, kind of. Right, Jim? This is Jim's <laughs> brainchild. So this is this is episode twenty five of the Hunt Quietly podcast. I've only we've only aired ten episodes, and so I've got fifteen in the hopper. So we're recording right now. It's what is it? It's, it's July twelfth. It's ninety degrees outside. Yeah, and um, and it's at in my house right now. Oh geez, yeah. See, I just I just turned my AC off and unplugged my fridge so that we can get good audio. You know, this is like my we're at the kitchen table. It's, it's my impromptu. It's my impromptu studio. Mostly, it's so- uh-huh. <laughs> and and uh, my corgi who normally never comes inside. She wanted to come inside because it's so freaking hot. And before you came on. I was going to tell Jim, now I'm going to tell you guys all a hunting story real quick before we get started. Oh, and then we got to get back because I, I just I got distracted. We got to get back to how this is actually, help me out with this, Jim. Here's how I would characterize it. It's episode 25, but also it's under a subcategory that we're calling... <laughs> Blowing it up and, and blowing, it up. blowing it up. And what the idea is behind the subcategory is that we're going to have some episodes where we talk about douchebags. I don't like to call anybody <laughs> names. Douchebags, people that were behaving douchebaggy at the time. Right but are probably otherwise great human beings took a camera hunting and then messed up the spot for somebody, for everybody else. And we want to explore all aspects of this. We got to even explore. We even got to explore whether it's right or wrong because one criticism I'm going to, I'll get because I've already gotten it is that, People say, oh, you're just trying to keep it all to yourself, you know? So they'll make people, some people will make the case that going and publicizing somebody's hunting spot is virtuous. So we got to explore whether that's true or not. Um, I, I I don't think it is, but, and I, I can lay out an argument why it, that's not why that's immoral, but you know, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on that as well. Uh, so let me tell you this hunting story. So I hunt with this dog a lot, Rico, and uh-huh. and she she she's been with me when I've shot some elk with my bow. 
like, so she's pretty, I mean, you know, and I'm not a good shot, so I'm pretty freaking close when I'm shooting an elk <laughs> with a bow. And, and I wanted to tell one story about a time she messed me up, though. I don't think I told this story on this podcast yet. Not that I've heard. So I, a few years ago, I was, I was hunting in this area that I hadn't been in, in a while. And I'm walking along a trail, a motorcycle trail. And there's a, there's a mineral lick that I had forgot about that comes out of the mountainside right below this trail. And I'm walking along the trail and I look and there's some elk down in that and some deer down in that mineral lick. And it's like three in the afternoon. Like it's still hot, middle of the day feeling. And I watched them for a little while and then they all, oh, and the the elk were kind of chasing the deer, which was kind of neat. And then they all fed off into the woods. And about the time they fed off into the woods, I hear a bull, another bull, like there was a little bull in that group, bellering about a quarter mile down the mountain. And I started going down there and I got about halfway there and I was like, dude, how do you know he's not going to come up to that mineral lick? So I went back and sat in the bushes right next to it. And, and about 20 minutes later, there's a dozen cows and spikes in there. And I'm 30 yards away. And that bull is coming. I mean, he's, uh, he is, every time he bellows, he's closer. And finally, I got a tree, like, between him and me, the direction he's coming. He's so close that when he bellows, I can hear him inhale first. Wow. Yeah. And he comes around, he comes in. I almost, I almost took a, Got a poke at him right when he came around the tree, but he's kind of moving. And I'm kind of chuckling under my breath. It's like, it is so done. I'm, 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 it's, I'm drawn. Everything is perfect while he comes in and he starts chasing the spikes around. And now he's at 10 yards. And, but he's facing me. But I'm still like, not a problem. And I look down and Shifty is halfway to him. Oh my God. <laughs> she, she like, she's, you know, she's a corgi, she's like herding breed. Like she, she does fine as long as shit ain't chasing other shit. But once the, <laughs> they start chasing each other, that's when she has to get involved, you know? Uh-huh. And even then I would have been fine if I, cause she, she has run up to elk one, one or two other times. And they just look at her like, what's this fox without a tail? <laughs> you know? And short legs. Yeah. yeah. It, but I, 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 got, I got rattled and I'm like, shit, shit. And of course he looks right, right freaking at me. And then bowls over. And he, that would have been, <laughs> that would have been the nicest bull I've ever gotten, period, without question. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised that Shifty stayed still for that long. Yeah. I did kill one a few days later, but then I had her I had her tied up to my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny. So 
the uh, Rico, you're the only one that hasn't been on yet. Can you? Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? You have an interesting job, and yeah. and uh, and so I'd like to hear a little bit about. I think the the listening audience might like to hear a little bit about that, and also a little bit about your hunting, your your history as a hunter. Okay. Yeah, I grew up uh, fairly close to Jim. Um, you know, my aunt and, uh, you know, Jim's parents were neighbors. And, uh, you know, we both started hunting at a young age. It, you know, 12 was the legal hunting age in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, it was exciting hearing all the deer stories about my dad and his buddies on a steel mill. And, you know, couldn't wait till I was 12 to hunt. I uh, was so excited that uh, I couldn't sleep the night before and uh, left my gun at the camp. Uh, when we got to our hunting spot and my dad wanted to kill me, but anyway, been a hunter ever since, um, you know, most, you know, white tail and small game back in Pennsylvania. And, uh, then I moved out to, uh, um, Arizona. I got hired with America West airlines in 99 and, um, uh, you know, been a pilot out here, but I, my interest in flying, uh, that part started in sixth grade and I knew I wanted to be an airline pilot and started going to college and take up flying lessons in high school to get a jump start on things and, uh, you know, worked my way as a flight instructor and then on to uh, the commuter airlines, this small prop, uh, you know, short hop stuff. And then got hired at America West Airlines in 99, which turned into U.S. Airways and then American Airlines. And uh, when I first came to Arizona, I didn't realize how good the hunting was. And still, I, you know, I met this guy that was fixing um, uh, one of the, the drip, uh, edging of my house and we start talking about hunting and you know i'm like man it's you know I, I knew there was deer here but i just didn't realize how you know good it was with the, you know mule deer and whitetail and you know antelope and everything else so then i started applying back in 2001 i was here for like two years before i actually started hunting here i still went back to pennsylvania and hunted you know deer season and um then got really serious about it um you know back uh, probably around 2005 to two, actually, no, it was 2001. I, I mean, I, as when I started applying in the first year I applied, I got a, a late bull, uh, unit one, two B and two C hunt. And, um, is everything, and, and, and is, is every, I mean, I'm, I'm sure not everything is, but are, like a lot of the opportunity even then was draw. Yes, it, it was. Yeah. E- even for cow, it was draw. Um, but there were like for deer, there was this, especially the Southern units, there was a lot of leftover tax because nobody wanted to go there because of, you know, the illegals and the cartels and everything. People kind of feared going down there and, and stayed away from it, um, oh. until recently, which is a whole oh, different that's story. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I mean, there was, like, I mean, leftover tags for years. And, uh, in fact, you know, I, I didn't even put in because for that very reason, I didn't put in for the, the Southern units. I put in for units closer to, uh, Phoenix, you know, because for more than one reason, you know, cause I could, you know, with my work schedule, you know, if the hunt's a week long, I might not be able to, it, it, you know, if I was only be able to hunt like a partial day or something, I could just drive to it within an hour. So I put in for the closer units and uh no success you know the first couple times but uh i gradually learned how to glass better and um and started 
finding better areas and uh, been successful. So like no over-the-counter tags there? Um, for deer? Yeah. Or for deer or elk? Antelope? Uh, no, definitely not antelope. There, the, the only over-the-counter deer, in, and I looked with, because the draw results just came out recently, there's a couple units that have leftover tags, but they're, I don't know the exact numbers. It's not going to be put out until the 18th of this month, but it's not like there usually was, which usually was, you know, I don't know, probably 50 to a hundred tags, but now I guess it's just like a handful or so, and but it won't. We need, a, we need to figure out a way. We need to figure out a way to encourage illicit gang activity in the mountains. Oh, I can show you pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I was that. Like, I like to hunt grizzly bear country because it keeps a few people out. But if we had right. grizzly bears and cartels combined, <laughs> you might find Great. some. You might find some peace. You know, bricks of marijuana and cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I showed you that those pictures yeah. from Randy, didn't I, Jim? Yep. Yeah. What's this? I, um, I'm, 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 my hunting uh, buddy out here. Uh, that I, I go coos hunting with who, who I accidentally met on a coos hunt and tried to blow him off. And he, he turned around and came back and started talking to me. I'm like, Oh, this guy's pretty cool. And, you know, we hit we ended up hitting it off really good and just been kind of inseparable, inseparable since. And, you know, he's very dedicated and motivated like I am. And, and he's not afraid to go more than a hundred yards off the nearest dirt road, like most of the hunters here. So we, I mean, we spike camp, you know, miles from the nearest dirt road close to the border and it's been very successful. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So you, do, you, do you ever come across cartel when you're there? Yeah, you tell know, the story about the, the bricks of, of marijuana or the... <laughs> yeah, well, well, I wasn't with Randy when he found him. He was bow hunting. But, uh, yeah, he, in fact, that was just past January. He was he was down there bow hunting uh, uh, in sent me these texts. I'm like, Oh my God, I have pictures of them of bells of marijuana. Um, and one of the other guys that I met down there showed there me a picture. Woods? I'm sorry. Just laying there in the woods. Yeah. In just the laying desert, there. And right? you could tell it was old. I mean, I don't know anything about marijuana. I've never smoked or anything, but it looked, it looked pretty old, like kind of wet and, you know, um, it looked old from what I, it didn't look fresh from when I could see by the pictures and uh, it, it was yeah Randy it was cut Mexican it and skunk weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like, he, I, I don't know anything about it, but it, it it looked pretty nasty. Um, another hunter that I ran into, and he was afraid to touch what he found, and it what it looked like was um, balloon, like little red balloons, which probably had again I don't know anything about these drugs, but um, I'm assuming from you know, that it was probably cocaine, heroin, or, or crystal that were in these tubes that maybe one of the, the traffickers dropped. But as far as seeing them, you know, it's funny. I, I love to glass. I could glass all day. Um, it, it's a hobby. Even in, when I'm not hunting, I just love to glass and look at stuff. And, um, yeah, but, and as an Eastern hunter, you know, that I, that's I, same. I have the same basic upbringing as you. You, you move out West and it's a skill you got to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. So it's, it's funny. I mean, I've heard them. I, I, for uh, my second year hunting down by the border, which was 2015, 
I was down there and I was on this hill and I heard, Hey, hombre, hombre. And, and I'm looking around and I don't see anybody. And, and the voice was close and I don't know who it was, but he was, I guess he was talking to me. I didn't see him. And I've been to spots where I've hiked in and on my way out, I see, you know, I guess, uh, the clear water bottles are detected by the border patrol. I don't, I don't know what infrared glass or whatever they're using, but they use these, they, they almost look like, um, you know, windshield wiper fluid containers. They're, they're, they're dark, they're black, and they use them as, and to put their water in. So I was coming down the trail. Oh, you're saying uh, in the evening. Those because they can't pick them up with radar, with, with that's that's the only thing I can. I mean, that's what I heard, but I, you know, I don't know what what type of infrared or night vision they have. That I guess it doesn't show reflection as good if it's you know painted black versus clear. And I guess there's a place close to the border that sells them, and then the the illegals and the cartel use these things and um, work the way in Arizona. And and so and and I'll see like ropes to where they tie them, I guess, to their shoulders or whatever or to their packs, and then. So I was, I was leaving this particular day and it was the same trail and I did not see them going up. When I came down, I saw some of those containers and they're probably, I don't know, a gallon or so, uh, size. And, uh, I seen a couple of them on the trail. So I know they were there, but I'd never seen them in, in, you know, they're pretty smart about it from what I hear from the, cause I talked to the border patrol when I, when I'm down there and, um, and they use, you know, the dry, uh, creek beds um you know to, to travel so so they're kind of like lower you know you know they're they're in the in the ridges and stuff and it's funny i've had border patrol come like or i'm like man is that you know randy and i are like man who is that a border patrol is that illegal or what you know kind of dressed in civilian clothes and here it's border patrols and they're like hey did you see anybody we're like no <laughs> how long have you guys been here well we, we started hiking at like five o'clock in the morning we didn't see anybody didn't hear anybody they're like well we got them they're, they're like right in this area here and then here comes a helicopter flying over us and it's like we never seen them you know, you know right after we ran into the border patrol that was uh year before last and uh, i have yet to, to to see one i've seen evidence of where they were i have yet to see one Oh. surprisingly. Wow. And I know they're, they're there. Quite, quite cryptic. Yep. And they're, and these are, these are folks that are moving back and forth across the border, uh, trafficking drugs just on their backs. Right. Okay. And so that has kept people out of those units that was a huge deterrent but now it's less of a deterrent people aren't as afraid of of hunting those units in the southern border right you know well remember last year jim um <laughs> you know randy and i kind of got into it because he didn't want to go to that particular area where i shot that last buck and i was like uh well i'll tell you the whole story matt if you want yeah lay it on me um, so anyway, we hunt, we found this really nice area in, in, you know, it's about, it's like 2.7 miles one way to get to this spot. And, and we don't see any other hunters, you know, there's low pressure, uh, you know, so we see a lot of deer back there and we're, we're pretty selective. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't have to shoot a trophy, but I like to shoot a mature deer and, and I just love being out there glassing and, you know, just being out and wild. This is, and, uh, so we're very, this is coos deer, right? 
Yes, it's Coos. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we're pretty patient and Randy's the same way. I mean, we've, you know, we've passed on some decent bucks waiting to get something a little nicer and just to spend more time out there. And we've been successful at it. So last year we came back from our uh, spot and we're like, let's go back to camp and eat lunch, maybe take a nap and we'll go out this other area. Well, as I did that, we ran into some construction workers that were getting ready to pack their stuff up to leave because the current government doesn't want them to secure the spots that are open in a border, which, you know, you could, you could definitely get like a side-by-side through in some of these gaps. So we're talking to these guys and they're like, Hey, where are you guys going? And we told them where we wanted to go. Um, this particular area down there. Uh, and I hate to say it, I, 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 the name doesn't matter, you know, I don't want to be like some of the other people. So anyway, we'll just say this particular area. And they said, don't go past mile 119 on the wall don't go to this area. And I'm like, and my buddy Randy's like, ah, he's like, I don't think we should go. And I'm like, he said in, in a construction worker said, Hey, look, they, the cartel had this guy right here next to me pinned down for over an hour behind a hill mound. We called in the border patrol and then the border patrol, this is stuff you don't hear on fake news, got in a shootout with the cartel members because they're fighting over the gaps in the wall. So I told Randy, I said, you do what you want, man, but this is my state, my hunt. I wait all year for this. I'm passionate about it. I love it. Um, you, I'm like, your yellow is a school bus. And if you don't go, I'm going without you. I mean, I got, you know, my Glock 23 <laughs> wait, so with two X. We got to we gotta fill in some gaps here. Like how far from the wall are we talking? Oh, this particular spot we were going to, we were literally driving on the border road uh to a particular spot and it was pretty hot with with action and they found a couple dead bodies in there in a previous months uh riddled with bullets but it was supposedly the cartel fighting each other for these openings in the wall these gaps that like that aren't closed places that are not are in construction but it's not up, yeah. Yeah. So the wall is like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, twenty five, thirty foot. But there's gaps, which is weird. I don't know why they didn't close them in the first place, but they're not closed. And you can mm. probably they're probably as wide enough to like get a quad or a side by side through. Hmm, and so, so the seem, cartel that would seem to defeat the purpose. Exactly. Like, like, why did they leave that gap? Why, why didn't they just fill that or put a gate on it with a lock that nobody had the key to and, and stop the trafficking? Totally. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So, so the construction worker said, don't go to that area. And I'm like, I'm going, if I got to go by myself, because I mean, I don't want to get shot or anything, but I'm not going to look for trouble. And, I want to enjoy my hunt and I'm willing to take that risk. Like you were saying with the grizzly bears to get away from other hunters. You know, I want to get a nice buck and I don't want to see people. If you know, I want to get away from the crowds, I want the to get logic away from is, is identical. The logic is identical. Like, yeah. But yeah. And I was prepared. Almost, I mean, it's you know, probably that you, I'm imagining that it's part of the appeal. It is for me. Like, like, okay. Yeah. You could say I'm a tape, a uh, controlled risk taker, uh, to a point, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to get shot again, but I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, smart about it. If I see a cartel, I'm going to turn the other way and, 
you know, I'm sure they're going to recognize that I'm a hunter. I mean, the last thing I think they want, as much as I'm against them and the illegals, and you know, that's a whole other story. But I don't think they want to mess with hunters that have guns. They just want to get their their you know supplies across to the border and you know get them on the streets of Arizona and you know the Southwest and wherever they they're distributing it. And um, I'm imagining but, your calculus with respect to risk is different. I'm hoping when you're flying Americans around this great country of ours. Oh, I, I'm not a, a cowboy risk taker. I'm very, I mean, no, I'm, I'm very professional and, you know, but what, what I meant is, uh, you're not like, you know, Denzel, not you're let, not like Denzel Washington in flight. Or no, something. definitely not. No, I'm, I'm by the book. I've got a, you know, I've, yeah, it's, I've never been in trouble. I've never, I'm, I'm safety first. You know, uh, I don't, I don't take risky, uh, whether it's weather or maintenance or, yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm, it's a know, calculated think, risk. Hunting yeah, the like, like a calculated risk that it's like, okay, I have a pistol with two extra magazines. I got a hunting rifle and I'm not going to let an illegal stop me from doing what I'm so passionate about in my state that I have a license to hunt that particular animal in, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let that stop me. I mean, that would be stupid. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. surrender that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, how? Eventually, if this is going to be a blowing it up episode, we got to get into the blowing it up stuff. But yeah. is there more you want to say about this navigating? the cartel in order to have a decent experience. Oh, so anyway, so, so to just finish that uh, story, I continued, uh, out there, Randy didn't want to go, but you know, I kind of shamed him into it. And, uh, we went out there and we were coming back and, uh, you know, it was still legal shooting hours. It was, it was still daylight and, uh, we we're working our way back cause I didn't want to get stuck. Out. I mean, we were in a pretty remote spot. So, um, on the way back, we spent, Randy actually spotted this buck from a hillside and, uh, I got, got out and was able to get on him and I got the biggest uh, buck of my life. Oh, wow. It was a total fluke, but, but if I had not gone to that area, that would have never happened. How come you got to shoot it? Cause Randy already had, Randy already tagged out. Uh, he, he shot, um, that January of, uh, 20, um, of 21, he shot a mule deer in the same area. So he was already tagged out. So he just went along for the hunt on that one with gotcha. just to keep me company. Cause you, you're, you're allowed either one mule deer or one white tail. And then that's it gotcha. for the year. That's what I was going to say earlier. So getting back to the tags and the over the counter and essentially the crowding is that Arizona this year before the, the correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the over-the-counter tags were limited to archery only, and so now they have well, a quota on that's some partially, of archery hunts. No, well, in, there were historically uh, some leftover tags for the southern units, um, more than the current units. Like I think there's like two units that have leftover rifle tags for this year, and and you know that's going to that's going to come out to 18th with how many tags and then you got to go to the fishing game and, and, you know, get in line to get the tag. Okay. So that was just 
you know, a handful of Southern units. Now it's like two. Okay. You did not need a tag or you had to just, you could just buy, anybody could non-resident resident. You could buy a over the counter tag for bow and arrow for whitetail or mule deer. And it used to, I mean, anywhere in the state except a reservation. So that included Kaibab until guys screwed that up. How did they screw it up? Well, you guys are familiar with the Kaibab region up north of the Grand Canyon? No. Oh, okay. That's where some of the, you know, the biggest record book mule deer are harvested up in those areas. Uh-huh. Um, Kaibab right, in the strip. Know. Yeah. And until, I, I think it's about four or five years ago, they, they put that draw only. So it, you had to, even for bow and arrow, you had to draw that unit. And then I think last year or the year before, some other really popular units more towards the central, the, the center part of the state have become draw only because everybody and their mother's going out there thinking they could just, you know, shoot uh, a mule deer or whitetail uh there's no white tall in up in combat, by the way, but in, cent- in the central part, some of these really good units um, have both speed, you know, mule and uh, coos deer. And guys were going up there, you know, thinking, oh, I could just go shoot one and shoot my 80 yard, uh, you know, Matthews bow or 100 yards and, and, and get one of these deer. So they're coming out of the woodworks, road hunting, you know, wounded these animals. And now this year, they put it to where it's going to be restricted. Um, just like mountain lion and, and black bear, you got to call a hotline every day. And once they meet a service, a certain harvest quota, the hunts are over, which, you know, um, that's, I, I knew it was coming to that. Jim, Jim and I talked about this years ago and, and it's happening right now. Every, you know, everything we talked about. Why? Okay. So that area has just gotten overrun. Yes. And it was a, it still is. I mean, to draw that rifle tag, I mean, Jim, what did you say? 24 points statistically that uh, even a resident needs to draw Kaibab now or something? Yeah, it's, it's, it's mathematically impossible to draw it if you're not close to max points, I I believe. I I don't know. But, and so one of the most informational people out there on, Arizona is is Chris Denham, um, who's written, uh, who owns basically Western Hunter magazine. So I don't know if you want to talk about some of the factors involved in in theoretically blowing it up. Let, let's uh, let's let's retrace our steps so just a tiny bit before we. Attempt any forward moves. Yeah. We started out talking about areas down along the Mexican border. And now we're talking about an area north of the Grand Canyon. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And what I'm hearing is... so this is maybe these. I think that I'm the right. I'm a good person, and John and I are good people to be having this discussion with because it will force it will force you guys to 
explain things you in baby steps because we know nothing mm-hmm. about that stuff about those areas okay so it's, it'll be good for for other listeners that know nothing about hunting in Arizona uh so how long ago was it that it was doable to get it there conceivable to get a tag there without waiting 15 freaking years or whatever it takes to get all these points for archery it was just five, five years ago you could buy over the counter and hunt one for, of the for bow for bow and arrow yeah yeah for bow and arrow for archery that's what i said yeah and yeah. you could just hunt the entire state essentially and but, now and now how long would you have to wait to hunt this area with a with a bow oh i, I Man, to draw that with a bow now, I I don't know because I wouldn't. I'd never put in for that for for bow. It's um, pushing twenty points. I'm just guessing. I don't know that for sure, but it's pushing twenty points, sixteen to twenty points. I would guess. As a resident, I, I don't know. As a resident, I'm, I'm looking at it as a non-resident. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's gotten way harder to hunt in this area. Oh, crazy! And crazy. And, th- and there's this fellow that owned a denim. You said I've heard that name before, and I and I get somehow I get that magazine sent to my house. Is that like a free magazine or something? So, so the reason why it's harder to hunt there though is because of the increased number of hunters wanting to go there. Right. Yep. Okay. So, so is there is does anybody know how many people put in for that tag now as opposed to how many people went there five years ago? I don't know that number, but I, I, I have some numbers for uh, one of the southern units that uh, I could give you. Since the likes of Randy Newberg uh, went down there and uh, you know did a couple episodes of uh, of it and took his buddies and you know went hooting and hollering down there and uh, it's yeah yeah it's so let, okay we got a couple we got a couple threads. So, all right, we can, do you want to move away from the, back to the Southern units and talk about that and talk about yeah, whatever, wherever you want. I mean, let's just, finish with uh, the, let's finish with this Chris Denham thread first. So he, did he do a lot of promotion around the, the, the Grand Canyon area? Jim? I think it just in general, he has a show Western Hunter. Um, he has oh, the magazine. Not, I thought, you, written I about thought there was. Is, that's a magazine too, right? And and a TV show. Oh, is he have involvement in both, or is the name just coincidentally the same? No, he's he owns both. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. he owns the outdoorsman too. The the you know the uh, the store where you could buy optics and, and some other hunting accessories like I, tripods and stuff. Okay, and he's a great. Uh, a great resource for information. And, and if, if anybody wants to, to, I guess, learn about Arizona, he was on the meat eater podcast and just a plethora of, of information about hunting Arizona, but in the same token, uh, it's, it's, it would be hard to deny that he hasn't contributed to the popularity of hunting Arizona. Yeah, and this is somebody. Yeah, and, th- and this word just starts to get potentially a little sleazy. 
is that you have people <laughs> that that live there and are quietly going about their business as hunters. And then some guy comes along that makes money off of it. And all of a sudden, it's increasingly more and more difficult for these people that have been hunting there for years quietly just for the experience and the love of it to, to, draw, a to draw a tag and have any opportunity because of somebody somebody that's trying to profiteer off the whole thing. And, and I, that's the that's what we're trying to explore, I think, with this blowing up thing is what I mean, is that is it wrong? That's it feels wrong to me. I, I think when you're when you're like for me as a non-resident, when you're gathering data and you're like, yeah, man, I'm going to go hunt Arizona. And I have points in Arizona for multiple species. And eventually I'll make it out there to hunt. And so you're on this data quest and you're, you're, you're logging information and you're getting resources. And then if you look at it from another perch, like for example, Rico's perch, it's a completely different feeling. And it's not until you look at it from that other perch, you can see, well, yeah, it's good that I have this resource, but this, this resource is really screwing things up for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, Matt, in my, in my opinion, um, with the blowing it up is, uh, I, I, I've, and I've, you know, to learn about coos hunting, you know, I've watched uh, videos, I've read magazines, I've talked to people and, and then take all that information and what works for me is what I do, uh, you know, and, and trial and a lot of it trial and there. And, um, but a lot of it, is is this ridiculous social media and and i'm not on any of it um but everybody you know today's world everybody wants something the quick way the quick and easy way how can i get that i want that oh somebody post this and then you know facebook brag book everybody's got to put you know i mean i have friends jim knows them you know they got to put what they had for breakfast on there. Like who the hell is that important? Who cares what you had for breakfast? Like you've got to post everything that you do and everybody's posting these animals on there. And then, Oh, where'd you get that? Look where I, and, and then these, these forms, which I'm only a lurker on Coos Whitetail, Monster Muleys, um, Arizona hunt forms. These guys go in there and, and then the ego ego starts. Oh, uh, there's no deer in, uh, this particular unit. Then guys start, Oh, really? There's no deer in there. Look at this. Look what I got there. And then it starts. It's like, you know, and then it becomes a measuring contest. And, and then, you know, people get ideas from that more than anything. Uh, is, I, I think the biggest problem with the secret being out is this social media and, and, and YouTube. And, and you could go on there and you could see, you know, these guys put in Southern Arizona, you know, just type it in, go, go to YouTube and say, who's hunting Arizona. There'll be oh, 50 sure. videos that come up Yeah, and, and it's, and, but the Randy Newberg, when I saw that one, I called wait, Jim. Wait, what I one? Mean, like you're saying he filmed an episode about it. Yeah, there was an episode and, and, and on the episode, I'm like, Oh my God, there's the general store. There's the bar. And you know, this particular town has probably, you know, 80 people that live in it. And, and why would you 
video that part of it. And, and I could take you to the exact spot where he was hunting at. I saw this. I, I, I know he did exactly very what little. it was. He, he did very little at covering up his location. So Right. Now, now, with, yeah, he, he didn't hide it. For example, when Meat Eater did it, you know, he said he was hunting the Sky Island region. I watched that video three times because, you know, I, I, I'm infatuated with coos hunting. But he did not divulge where he was. He did not. There were, I mean, it was in the in the bush. There was no towns. He didn't say what unit he was in. I mean, you kind of figure it out, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the probably four units where he was, but he didn't say it. Randy Newberg, it's like it was a given where he was. And uh, and then these guys like Hushin and even Mountain Project uh, up in Flagstaff. I mean, there's videos all over. And then, I mean, there's this one particular guy. He's a, he's a doctor. You know, he just started hunting recently. And, you know, he started posting videos up there. Now he's all over there. He brings his family down there from Havelina to Coos. And, you know, so he's got numerous videos out and, and posts and it's it's just insane, and you know, and it's gotten out of control, especially with the ethics, in my opinion, which oh, may so be a whole different uh, podcast. No, these, but you you're giving us you just basically gave us all the bullet points for the rest of this podcast. There's a lot there yeah. to digest. So, so and and, and, and bef- before I forget, one of the biggest problems, in my opinion, are these. It, it, these gun manufacturers, you know, advertising the the six point five Creed more. Are you kidding me? I mean, everybody thinks they could buy that gun and and take a a a, a shot at an animal at eight hundred yards. Which, yeah, they think it's yeah. a laser beam. Oh yep. my god! And, now, and, and, now, Rico, you've got this like you've introduced enough topics for three freaking podcasts. So 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 <laughs> all of these increased hunters that come there. How many of these hunters are serious hunters like yourself or are they just weekend warriors that, that saw it on TV? They're going to pop in there and, and they're, and they're just taking up space, but they're really not hunting. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think if I had to, um, you know, you know, put it in percentages, in in, the, in a, and I'm not by any stretch am I blowing smoke up myself, but I'm very ethical. Or ethical, I'm very focused and determined and disciplined, from shooting to where I hunt to the ethics of hunting, uh, and, and you know everything in between. But I'd say 20% are like really serious, old school hunters that are ethical. I mean, I passed up some beautiful animals because I didn't have the right shot on or was a little bit out of my range, and um, you know, but then I see these guys down there cause you know, I, I'll run into these other hunters, like, you know, breaking for lunch or whatever, or going to a different spot and I'll, you know, I'll talk to them. Oh man, you got a gun that can shoot 700 yards. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I know about ballistics and aerodynamics and it's like, how the hell do you, how could you even tell if the animals hit properly at that distance? Okay. I mean, even on a golf course, you know, uh, uh, 150 yards from the green, the wind's different from where I'm standing to where the green's at. And then you're going to take an unethical shot at an animal at, at that distance to be a cowboy. So you could say, Oh, I shot that with my cream or I met a guy in sportsman's warehouse, uh, not long ago. He had a, he had a, I, I recently, you know, bought a fierce rifle by mistake. Oh, um, what? Cause I don't like, 
I don't like their ethics either because they're, they're big advocates rifle? for long. Fierce. Oh, that's a gun manufacturer. Yeah, they're oh. they're right up there with like gun gun works. They're like pretty much custom guns. So oh. anyway, I'm talking to this guy at Sportsman's Warehouse, and he says, "Oh yeah, you need one of these uh, six five PRCs." He goes, "Yeah," he said. I shot this bobcat at a thousand and twenty-five yards. He said it was closer, but I wanted to back up so I could make the shot over a thousand yards. And I oh just my god! I, I've face. often wondered if somebody's fucking. I, I wanted to punch him in the face. I'm like backed up. I often yeah, and most, that, that just kind of confirms it right most there. Most people don't even know what a thousand yards looks like. Right. Exactly. Yards, a thousand yards. Uh. And, 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 and to answer your question, John, is um, and what I've seen down there, too, is, you know, the guys that can't get the hall passes from their wife that, you know, they need a court order to go golfing or hunting or do anything. So what they've done is they'll put in the whole family um, of tags and they'll go down there and it'll be a picnic for the week. You know, they'll do, you know, 5% hunting, but then the kids will ride the quads and they'll grow hand or grill hot dogs and hamburgers and make it a party and hoot and holler around. It's like, it, it's just become a joke. Uh, a, a lot of it, you know, again, that, that kind of thing, that, if like, it wasn't for them sucking up tags that they didn't even hunt on, I'd be, right. like, I'd be glad. I'd be like, go oh, good. I'm glad that most of the people down yeah. here, you know, I guess it's but, like this. So you're talking about a huge area, obviously. And yeah, a huge. serious hunter is going to penetrate that area and hunt it. And where right. like, your weekend warrior guy, He's not getting a mile from the parking spot generally. I mean, usually a hundred yards from the nearest dirt road is right. What I've seen, but, but they sucked up valuable space and time and licenses for people that are serious about what they want to do. Exactly, and 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 it's all because of this blowing it up stuff with these pictures of the general store and and yep. the whole hype of look, we just killed this huge deer in this area. Oh my God. And and it, it's crazy to me that people do that. Yeah. It it's it, what what's super alarming to it to I mean, I've said this so many different ways, and I'm still come trying to come up with ways of saying it that resonate, is that these we're talking about the, the people that are drawing lots of people to particular areas. They're the like I, they're the standard bearers of hunting, right? They're the people that have the voice. They're the people that everyone looks up to. Don't and, because they've marketed themselves. Yeah, I mean they're they're they're, they're the only they're the, the only people that you can look at. Right, right. Yeah, because okay. they they put themselves out there, you know. And I just don't understand how. We, 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 the hunting community hasn't, hasn't paused to contemplate whether that's right. Right. You know? Yeah. Like it's to insinuate, to cause such a huge shift in other people's experience without even asking them. You know, and, and and I think I might have mentioned this before, but in the in the age of information, people are less intimidated because of the quality and the quantity of, of data 
you can you, you there's just no there's no guessing anymore you 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 see where people hunt on social media you watch it on tv you see the town they're staying in whether it's the case of randy newberg where you see the the b&b he's staying at i mean there's <laughs> there's no guessing anymore so let me yeah and that that to me that in itself is robbing people of the experience. There's no mystery anymore. The last fucking thing I want to do is watch (laughs) some goddamn video on YouTube to decide where I'm going to go hunting. I want to figure it out for myself. So with that in mind, with all that information out there, is that considered fair chase? Oh, good question. And if it's not considered fair chase, then why would these grip and grinners be allowed to enter their trophy animal into one of the books, Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young, et cetera? Because to me, it's not fair chase anymore. Right. Exactly. A prime example, I don't know if you guys seen the video, but this one makes me want to throw up. Um, A3 Outfitters. I mean, Matt, you've probably seen this. you know, no, uh, the we, owner you Jimmy John. Because you could, you could understandably assume that I know a lot about hunting media because I have a hunting podcast. But I don't hunting media. I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm opposed to all of it. I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, and I agree. Yeah, and, and 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 I get and looking at it gives me makes me depressed. So, so I hear I don't, you. I feel the same way when well, I heard I, your I podcast. What's that? When I heard that podcast you did a few months ago, I, I told Jim, I said, he sounds just like us. I mean, the w- same thing that we talk about and it's discussing it. And, and I got to be honest with you, I've watched it growing up. I've watched, uh, I've, I've watched it in, you know, last few years, whatever, you know, it, but I don't even watch anymore. I don't even, I, t- I was telling Jim, I don't even, I used to love watching like white you know, Koo's videos on uh, YouTube, but it's gotten out of control with the long shots and look at me in a hooting and hollering, celebrating like cheerleaders when they shoot an animal. It, to me, that's disrespectful. But one of the biggest disgusting things I wanted to throw up with uh, was when Jimmy John bought the governor's tag for elk. He no, had who's, who's, out- G- who's Jimmy John? Jimmy John. He, he I, I don't the, trust uh, people that have two first, two first <laughs> names. <laughs> Um, he he's the owner of Jimmy John's subs. Oh, so oh. so he did he did that in Montana too with a bighorn sheep. Same thing, right? So here's so here's what he did in Arizona. He he bought the governor's tag for like I don't know half a million dollars. He had a three douchebag outfitter. He had them put hundreds of cameras out. Okay, they scoped this elk out for months. Jimmy John comes up. They found this elk. Um, he got his Gunworks 6.5 PRC, I think it was. Hauled his big ass up the mountain on a mule. Got off the mule, and I, I believe it was 937 yards. He shot that elk, and everybody's hooping it up. Woo, look at this. Look at that. Okay, the guy's a billionaire. He shoots an elk. Man, he could have went to the Phoenix Zoo, w- would have been the equivalent of, of that would he do what he, he did he in my book? Nothing. Nothing. Right. Yeah. He didn't find the elk. 
Nope. He be- he went upper. They had it there, basically had it tied to a tree. People? Wasn't there thirty people? There were thirty people? people involved with that, and hundreds of of cameras. And oh I'm my god! Glad. This makes me need another whiskey. He did the same thing on the bighorn sheep up here in the breaks. Yeah. It's like here's you know here's what? the thing. Here's we gotta break this down into two components here so it's not lost on people. There's two separate things going on here that are both laughable and like go against everything that that I I believe in in my core and my heart and my soul as a hunter. Number one is what he did. Yep. Number two is that he publicized it. Oh, yeah. You can find a video anywhere, and I won't watch it again. Those things, like, it's bad enough that you you just totally bought the freaking thing and robbed somebody else of the experience that would have really worked for it and earned it. I'm so sad that some, like... Joe's freaking hunter dude didn't have that opportunity at that. Oh. That breaks my heart. And then he, he has to make a spectacle out of it. It was yeah. on a show. Well, Somebody put it on a show. Oh, yeah. Here, here's the, hey, man, here's the other part of that story. There was a local guy, kid. He was probably in his 20s. And I don't know if it overlapped the tag that he had, or if it was close to, you know, cause that governor's tag, I believe is three, you know, you got all year to, to shoot it, but I guess they wanted to wait till it was in a rut. So, uh, this one particular guy had a tag for that unit. He goes in there, a three blocks him on a dirt road. So where are you going? Well, I'm going hunting. No, you can't go and hunting in this area. Why can't I? Uh, well, we got a big client back there. You can't go. He goes and, and they got in a pissing match. Long story short, land? Yes. And then what? Here, here's like, what wait, A3. Wait, that, that, okay, just, just make sure. I'm trying to make sure that I that this A, this A3 outfitter, like, that was that, that was intimidation. Like, they had no reason. Right. Ability, right? It's public freaking land. The guy can go wherever he wants, right? Right. Okay. So they stopped him on the dirt road. Oh, we got a big client. You can't go back here. And I don't know if it was like the day before the actual seasons, the regular, you know, the, the, this particular kid's hunt started. Because again, that tag was for, he had all, Jimmy John had all year to hunt at. So anyway, they stopped him, um, you know, discouraged him from going back there. But here's what they did. They said, we'll give you a replica of the rack. And that's what happened. What? Disgusting. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm not, okay. Somebody needs to explain this to me because I'm not getting it. <laughs> So I think what what I, when I saw it, I think that this may not be entirely correct, but this guy that Rico's talking about in his twenties had been aware of the bull. Okay, he okay. Been- so Jimmy John is chasing this bull on with public a three outfitters. Yep, with the, and then the outfitter intimidates this kid that's also entitled to hunt there. Well, I, I believe. He, I, I think it was before wife, this, th- that kid's hunt started. Yes, th- this this guy either was tracking for his girlfriend who had a tag, or, yeah, or but he had been aware of of the elk and was in the area. I I'm, don't 
don't quote me on this, but it wasn't for him specifically. Maybe, maybe it was his girlfriend. girlfriend. But, yeah. Okay, okay. And, and they stopped him. Scouting. Yep. Okay. And they stopped him. And I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but bribe is probably a better word. They said, hey, look, you can't go in there. Please don't go in there. We got a client in there. Here's what we'll do if you don't go in there, which is we'll give you a replica of the elk once he shoots it. And he he agreed to it. <laughs> oh, so this is that's so interesting to me because uh, 23 or four years ago, we had a very similar thing happen here in southeast Montana. Our elk herd started to get pretty, pretty. There's quite a few numbers. There were some big animals because they were getting they were growing old. And we had a famous archery guy come here. Oh, Chuck Adams. Chuck Adams. Chuck Adams. Shoot this bull. Oh, jeez. And I know the place he shot it was like 100 yards off a haystack. It was billed as this super, super sneaky hunt, and he tracked this thing, and oh, my God. Later, I find out that he had some high school kids or such watching this animal all summer know where he was. They paid one landowner access to get to this elk, and there's speculation that he actually shot it on another guy's place. And then there's all these great big pictures as if it's this backcountry hunt. And in all reality, it was less than five miles off of a major interstate. Yeah, and I remember these, that. And these are our role models. Yes. These yeah. are our role models. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. Same school of thought of uh, as Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah. And 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 by the way, not to throw Chris Denham or Randy Newberg under the bus because I have a lot of respect for those guys. Like I said, Chris Denham is a plethora of information. But again, you'd have to be you'd have to be ignorant to not say that he's probably contributed to blowing Arizona up for coos hunting. Um, right. And and what the same thing I with don't know. Randy Newberg. I'm not in a philosophical mood tonight, unfortunately, and hopefully in future episodes of Blowing It Up Part, I will be so that we can figure out, we can shed some light on whether that's wrong, man. Oh, it's wrong. I I think it is wrong. If if you're going to go and put an area, and this is the analogy I'll use for you guys, and, and, and in this day and age, I'll try to be politically correct okay but when i was thinking about this topic of blowing it up and the analogy i came up with is if i go to a bar with a group of guys say you're in a frat and you go with nine or ten guys okay Uh uh-huh and i meet this girl (laughs) and i go out leave the bar and i come back and i say hey i hit a home run and the following weekend, we go to the same bar and we see that same woman. How many of the nine or ten guys you think I'm with are going to be pursuing her? Right? It's the same thing with hunting. <laughs> if you spill the beans on your success, other people are going to be interested in it. Right. That that's Jim. I, I I like the way you're I like the way you're your your brain works because that's that's how I've been trying to grapple with the ethics of of 
publicizing hunting locations is by, via via analogy. Yeah. You know, and I haven't hit on the perfect one myself, but that's a good one. Yeah. We need to keep working on that. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because we're always going to be susceptible to the charge that we're against trying to keep it for ourselves. You know, <laughs> yeah. no, earn it for yourselves. That's my whole point. Earn it for yourself. Don't buy it. Yep. Don't come on it by some TV show or some other stuff. Be be the guy that wants to hunt quietly. Nobody knows he's there. Take care of your animal. Be proud of what you've done. Share it with people. Your, your, friends. your friends. And none of this right. picture crap. Because that just makes some some whatever just show up and just he's a weekend warrior. He doesn't care. And he oh, yeah. ruins it for everybody else. I'll tell you who is not altruistic. So like when people are like, you're just trying to keep it to yourself. You're trying, you're like the old man that's trying to keep people off his lawn. I'll tell you who isn't. I'll tell you who 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 is totally okay with keeping it to themselves is the people making the freaking content. It's not like they it's not like they get on their Instagram and say, hey, tomorrow we're going to X place to hunt. You should come down and hunt with us, you know, no and, and if you show up before and if we meet you in the parking lot, we'll give you a head start, you know? So it's like, they're not, the people that are generating the content are, are definitely not they're They, they are as open to the charge that they're trying to keep it to themselves as the rest of us, because of if they if they weren't, then why aren't they just why instead of publicizing it after the hunt is over, why not publicize it before the hunt? Why not say right. you know why not say instead of putting out their their hunting TV show three months after it freaking happens? Want in, in addition to that, why don't they get on Instagram a week before they're going to film and be like, "Hey, we're going to be filming down here. It's a good so. spot." Come on down. The really dangerous ones are the ones that have the postseason sip and lie at the local pub telling everybody about their hunting experience. And then you come to find out they're directing you someplace, yet they're hunting on leased property. <laughs> hey, I yeah. got a Rico. I got a. I got to ask you about something here. Mm -hmm. So. I was sent a petition uh, sometime this winter in January, and it was a petition that was sent to Arizona Fish and Game yeah. to request that they stop paying Randy Newberg to promote hunting in Arizona. Did you get that petition? I never got the petition, but from what I read about the petition is once Randy Newberg found out about it, that he stopped is what I understand from everything I read about it. But oh. I never got the petition. I would have signed it. But but I think it was too late. And supposedly the year after that he was down there, that the non- 
uh, or the, the, the tag applications increased by 18% after that episode. And if, if you want, I'll read uh, off the, you say the, the numbers stopped. I have. What do you mean? You, you mean he stopped accepting money from Arizona Fishing Game? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's some, there's a simple, I think I need to look into this and I have a relationship with him uh, strangely and that, that he's, he's, the, the dude is open-minded, man. I'll say one thing for him. I feel like he really is trying to do the right thing by hunting. We just, we just have come down completely opposite sides of what the right thing for hunting is. But, man, I, he's, he's willing to give me, like, he just went us on my podcast, the, most, the one that just aired, and he was very complimentary of what I'm trying to do. I feel like Randy is someone... I'm open to the idea that he really does care about the future of hunting and he he will give voice to somebody that's in complete opposition to him because he's trying to sift through all the perspectives and find out what's right, you know? And uh, didn't Rod tell us he did a deal down abroad? Oh, yeah. Okay. I lost my train of thought. So, yeah. Rico, uh, Jim. My understanding is, and I'll ask Randy about this. I need to, I meant to ask him when I had him on the podcast, was that he was also paid by a county's a county just south of where I live. Their their chamber of commerce paid him to publicize hunting in that county. Yeah. I believe it. And, and then it's just like there's a- no there's no thought given to how that impacts people that live in that county year round and want to have a positive experience. What it does is if you, if you publicize hunting in some County in Montana, what that does is it makes, makes the price of, it makes it more attractive for landowners to lease out the land. Well, that very thing with Chuck Adams caused our archery, uh, the number of archery hunters in this area to grow by leaps and bounds because he came back the next year and killed another well-respectable elk with his bow in that area. And everybody got to know about it. And all of a sudden, everybody is in Southeast Montana with a bow. Well, it, 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 hey, Matt, well, here's, here's what I read also. He shot the state record archery elk yeah. down there. Like, two, this was like, I don't freaking remember. I don't follow this shit, <laughs> which is why I'm the worst person to be doing this podcast. But he shot, this guy shot. And if there's somebody out there, like I keep saying this, if there's somebody out there that can do this better than me, please contact me because I'll just give the whole freaking thing to you and you can do it. Because I just don't, I don't like the attention. I don't like getting on hunt forums and seeing people saying nasty shit about me, man. Last night I got even more drunk than normal. And that's saying something because (laughs) I started looking at the hunt forums. Um, and what people were saying about stuff people were, were saying about me and it just like put me into this depressed stupor where I had to drink Windsor until I fell asleep. But there were several people and, that said, God bless. Right. But this is all on the side. I, I can't even remember. Oh, anyway, some dude shot an elk in, in south of us in Custer Forest. I shouldn't have said that. God dang it. But it's so overrun <laughs> now. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's so, it's, uh, 
And now, and this was like six, eight years ago. And now it is a zoo down there. And our fishing game, uh, our politicians in the state, they don't give a shit. They do not give a shit about the average hunter. Hunting to them is, is tourism. It's a source of income. That's all it matters. They don't give a, I don't know how these, I don't do, do not understand how these pricks get elected here because, because there's so many people that, that, I mean, hunting is a huge thing here and, and the people that live here love to hunt, but they vote against their own interests. And it's, it's mind boggling to me because the only thing the politicians care about is freaking drawing in rich people from other states so they can turn it into like a, a source of income. They don't give a shit about our hunting oh, tradition here. Income thing. I think it's a good old boys club. There's, there's, there's a lot of, a, a lot of, of that too. But so this, like now the politicians are all wrapped up in what's going on with elk in Eastern Montana because they, they're smelling the dollars and it just never would have happened if it wasn't for people like Chuck Adams and this guy that shot this new record and all the, like, just freaking making elk and deer and everything so monetarily valuable that people would, would got to get their greedy little fingers involved in it. You know, how, how does that make it? any sense? Yeah. yeah I'm saying, hey, hey Matt, um, it, here's my opinion too on that. I mean, look at it this way that from Arizona fishing game, the Pennsylvania to whoever, I mean, it's a business. They're bringing revenue in and, you know, with the application fees and everything. And, I mean, look at what Pennsylvania did. When Jim and I were growing up, you were allowed one deer per year. And then it's like, oh, well, you could get a buck and then you could buy a doe tag and then you could buy an extra doe bonus tag. And there's guys that we know personally have shot three or four deer a year. Why does one person that's not married or uh, with no kids need three or four deer a year. I mean, it's just crazy. And why does the fishing game allow that to happen for money? I mean, it's, I mean, when we go up to the Allegheny mountains, north of where we grew up at the deer hunt, I mean, if it was a three inch spike, you shot it because you may not see another buck of that size or bigger for years, yeah. um, but you'd see yeah. 40, 50, 60 deer, you know, doe. And, and it's like, and then, is, I like is, how you uh, say doe singular. I had a friend growing up that said it that way too. I like that. I didn't want to start. Yeah. Like, and, he, said, and, um, he also said buck. I saw I saw a lot of buck in there. Right. But, <laughs> but anyway, but it's like now. now it, but you know, um, in fact, I haven't even hunted Pennsylvania in the last three years um, because the population or population the, the numbers. Have, have just dwindled to where, you know, th- these greedy bastards are shooting, you know, three, four deer a year and, and it's bad. So you figure, you know, you're shooting a doe that may be pregnant with two or three, um, you know, uh, babies. And, um, you know, so that's what you're wiping out. And, and it's just greed in, in the game commission, they're getting money from it. And I think they're in bed with the insurance companies with all the, 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 you know, oh, yeah. the, the deer hitting the cars and everything. Okay. I mean, no, I, believe, not, I believe that. 
Wait, are there less? Are there ju- the deer numbers have been stable, but the number of tags they issue have gone up? I don't know what, what the numbers are. You know, I haven't looked at those numbers in years, uh, what they were, but it, it's just uh, speaking for myself, like my parents have 40 acres and, you know, um, they, they just haven't been seeing a deer around the, the house there, like they have in the past. And, there's less deer. You're saying, yeah. Jim, you're saying there's less deer, but they're issuing more tags. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In, in most units, um, they, they have game management units in Pennsylvania. Um, and in most units that recently they've gone up, they went through, uh, what's gone up, over. what's gone up. The number of doke tags allocated, but not the number of deer. The deer numbers, I, I believe, have gone down. Yeah, the, de- the deer, the deer are dying out, and the tags are going up. <laughs> yep, we had the same. So thing is that? Do you think that's pro- that's that's uh, what is it? Well, okay, why would the why would the fishing game management agencies increase tags when the population is declining? Money. 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 In bed with the insurance companies, who knows? Oh, yeah. Okay. Money, tourism. Yeah. I, I don't know how true this is. This is just hearsay, but uh, the guy I work with was telling me that uh, in one of Kentucky's tourism pamphlets, pamphlets uh, that the Arizona fa- fishing game was advertising to come out for hunters to come out to Arizona from Kentucky. I don't know how true it is, but it doesn't surprise me. Wow. It's agreed. You know, up up until this year, I believe I believe our uh, our our doe tags were. I think you could have four or five of them. I think this year it's going to change. We really haven't seen it yet, but our deer numbers, as far as mule deer, are definitely down. Yeah, we had a major drought last De- year. Definitely. Well, yeah. we had bad winters. We had drought. We had uh, uh, a whole pile of horrible things happen. And our mule deer numbers are definitely down. Hear ye, hear ye, yeah. all hunters. Montana <laughs> populations are low. Stay home. <laughs> hey, I, I have a hanging thought about Randy Newberg. Can I can I go back to that for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that podcast you did with him was really good. And I walked away from it liking him um, more than I did before I listened to it. And I thought it was sincere, but as much as I want to like him, he's still contributing to um, the increased popularity of hunting public land. Yes. And he didn't seem like he was going to stop doing that. No, he, no, he's not. He's, com- he, he's committed to what he's doing. I have, I, I just had an email exchange with him. I emailed. So he, he's such an interesting guy. I, I hadn't talked to him. Okay. So I recorded that podcast freaking three months ago and I hadn't talked to him since. And then I, I 
reached out to him a few days ago because the podcast was about to air and said, hey, you told me you would make some noise about it when it came out. It's coming out. And and then I sent and I said, I, I have some follow up questions for you, Randy. And I started talking about I, I, I asked him about. Um, I want to make sure I got this all in my head. There's one thing that the main thing was the main thing is I asked him about Go Hunt. Okay. Do you know my bitch with Go Hunt, Jim? Um, uh, refresh my memory. He, they're 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 taking funding from. Um, they're now a- they're a broker. They're a broker for outfitter sponsored tags. Oh oh oh! I do they know that. Are, yes, I do. Okay, let's say you're a rancher somewhere. Yep, and you have some outfitter sponsored tags for your ranch. You don't want to deal with trying to sell them. Highest bidder. So you call up Go Hunt and they sell them for you. And as somebody that's trying desperately to save to play my role in saving publicly accessible non-pay hunting, and and I thought that was what I think I thought that was what Randy was all about. I thought that that's what because his motto is uh, promoting public land hunting and, and and making advocates for that cause, something like that. That might not. That's very close. I might. It might be a little off, but that's very close. How does promoting a company that is trying to privatize wildlife by facilitating the sale of outfitter sponsored tags? How does that how does that that how is that not inconsistent with his motto? Right. And and he wrote me a, and the guy, like he's he. He is willing to take the time, man. He wrote me a nine-page response to that. He typed it out, and then not in the email. He typed it out in a in Word, Microsoft Word, and then sent me the Word document. Like I, and he, the, his answer wasn't satisfactory to me, and and it, it, I I. I I'm trying to get him back on the podcast or go. I go on his podcast to discuss it. But just that he's willing shows that his heart seems to be in the right place, man. His heart for his brain. That makes him a smart man. Like, yeah, or, or, yeah, or, or he's, he's, he's no fool. That's smart. No, he, he's, he, he's very likable. He's very likable. Uh, like I said, uh, on the podcast, I'm going, you know what, man? He's He seems like a really good dude. Um, but at the same time, I think it's like one of these things where we all have like um, justification for our own actions, right? And like, well, for example, like, oh, well, I'm against leasing, right? 
but I still pay a really small fee to hunt Illinois. You know what I mean? Like there's all these justifications yeah. in your head. You, yeah. And yeah. I think for him, it's like, well, I could justify, um, you know, blowing up these areas because I do these good things. Right, right, right. So, yeah, and with this thing, with with the whole, right, and he's like, I may be, yeah, and he has the back of his mind, the calculus has got to be something along the lines of, I may be, I may be negatively impacting hunt quality for people that have hunted these areas as long or longer than me. In Southern but, Arizona. You're right. Yeah. But... I mean, this is what I hope he's thinking, but at the same time, I'm, I'm working towards conservation of these areas, but here's what I need him to do for me to, to, to be, to have more respect for him. I need him to say with something like, like this go hunt situation, which I cannot understand. I need him to say, yes. Go Hunt is a sponsor of mine. However, in a public way, say, I oppose, I oppose them facilitating the privatization of wildlife. Does that make sense? That's what I, that's the ask with him. That if I get, if I get, yeah. if he, if he continue, if he gives me any more of his time, if he if he is willing to have more public conversations with me, that's going to be the ask. Here's another thing, man, that I don't understand with all this shit, with all this shit that just I just can't get my head around is how come how come nobody with a voice in hunting will take a strong stance on shit? Like we have this group in that John and I talk a lot about that's called this, this business called, called uh, land, trust. Uh, land trust. Okay. Do you guys know about them? Oh, I Jim does. I, I know about it from your podcast. Oh, okay. They're Rico, all Rico, do you know about that? This guy? These no. Guys? Okay. So these freaking guys, these freaking guys, so, Rico, the thing to understand about Montana is that there's a lot of private land here. And there's also, like, with some species, man, access to private land is pretty freaking key, like white-tailed deer. It's hard to find good white-tail hunting on public land because all the river bottoms where the white-tails hang out are and, and for other stuff too, man, there's just a lot of private land. There's a lot of private land. And we have this great, we have great, a great program that, that facilitates providing access to private land to hunt. It's Two programs. Multiple. Yes. Two really good ones. Uh, the big, the huge one is block management. Yep. So through block management, landowners get paid. So the, the, the ceiling is $25,000 a year now. You can get $25,000 a year to, to allow public access. So here we have this program that, you know, compensates landowners. They, it's financed through out-of-state hunting fees. 
to let folks on. And, and that, that shit needs to be freaking the way, the way that landowners get, get, uh, uh, find, uh, compensated. And I, and so the thing with go hunt is they're, they're like, no, 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 we're we're just going to make it be that, um, one guy gets that one guy gets that, that access, you know, but how in the world, Oh, oh no, not go hunt. I got it off on a tangent because I'm just getting so upset. No, no, let me finish this real quick. Um, damn it, man. The 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 land trust land trust. land trust, how is in the world are not are the are the standard bears in hunting not coming out and saying no man? Because it's land trust with the land trust deal, they pay ranchers. To lease up their land and then they sell hunting opportunity on those lands a la carte. So you call up land trust and you're like, hey, I want to go elk hunting. And they say, okay, go, you can go on this ranch that we've leased up. And I and it's, I believe I believe land trust is given 80% to the landowner and they're keeping 20%. And and if you go on land trust and look, you can find mule deer hunts five days for eight thousand bucks. Jeez. Man, see, I'm so bummed at myself right now that I screwed up that thing and I lost my train of thought. So, but here's the point, and, and then I'm going to let you talk about this as long as you want, but I just want to finish this point really quickly. Where are, where's Randy on that? Where's Meat Eater on that? Where is every celebrity? Where's Where's Honest? Where's, 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 where's BHA? Why in the hell? Are they silent on that? We have a program. We have a program that that compensates compensates landowners to let the people on. And and now this other group is coming in and just making it all exclusive. And nobody with a voice is saying shit about it. So so the interesting thing, exactly what he's saying is we've got got, uh, block management. We've got another program called PALA. So if you own, PALA stands for um, public public acts public access. I I can't remember offhand, but <laughs> and I should it's, it's I should public public access but, but land. If you have access. if you have state or BLM <laughs> property that's landlocked on your with by your private, if you allow access through your private to those BLM or state, you can also receive, and I think the cap, and I could be wrong on this, but I think the cap is $10,000. So if you combine block management and You can do both at the same time. You can bank 35 grand. Interestingly enough, on on a podcast earlier, I asked an outfitter, how much do you pay your guys? And he wouldn't really commit. Wait, wait. Oh no. Well, okay. Pay his, pay his pay his his landowners for leasing their place to outfit on. And he really wouldn't commit 
Oh, there was all these formulas, and it was this and that and the other thing. I believe that was episode three. Episode three. So the later on in the podcast, I said to him, well, if you had a ranch about 30 sections, and would $20,000 cover it? And he said, well, that's probably a little heavy. So now I'm led to believe that these guys probably aren't getting 20 grand. But if they go with these two other two programs, they can get 35,000. Possibly. I mean, that isn't that isn't set in stone for every place. So then it becomes a question, is it really about the money or is it about dealing with people? Yeah. That's see what I'm saying. And so the and, but and if if the if 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 people if if the if the people that had a voice came out against land trust and the hunting community decided no, we're gonna keep this shit so that everybody can hunt it. Then it wouldn't even be an option for the landowners, man. Does I, it? I don't know. This is turning into. We're supposed to be interviewing Rico, and now it's just turning into. This is. It's turning into John and I. This is great stuff. No, this is. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. This is. Oh, this is great. No, this is very. This is informational. I mean, this is what people need to hear, right, Rick? I mean. Yeah. Where the, I guess the theme is where are the the freaking people that have a voice? Where are they? What's interesting to me, there are enough sportsmen in each state. I'm willing to bet. I don't have any facts on any of this, just a hunch I have. And when I say sportsmen, it's fishermen, hunters, snowmobilers, bird watchers, the whole nine yards. There are enough of those people that they could change legislation if they were truly interested in what they believe in. But it's back to the weekend warrior mentality. Most people are not willing to step forward and do what's right. That's what John and I talk a lot about that. Like, (laughs) just do what's right. Just do what's right, man. Just do what's right. You know? Yeah, and it's it's uh it's it's like one of those things where where Randy talked about on his when on his podcast with you, where he only gets like five thousand people on the on the conservation uh content, and then he kills something and he gets a hundred thousand people viewing it. People just don't give a shit about what's right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. They just don't care. They better start or get Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. That he it's okay. So yeah, I obviously believe that I do I do not I, I am opposed to using the killing of wildlife as a source of entertainment. I think that that I, I just that's I wrong. It, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's not the oh, death of an it. animal, but that he uses the death of animals, the filming of the death of animals to finance his conservation work. And it's just an interesting thing, you know? Super Ted does the same thing. Ted Nugent? Yeah, yeah. He dances around like he's on some wild-ass drugs every time he shoots something. Yeah, but he doesn't. I, I, that, that, that Mandel, I hate that. That is so disrespectful and disgusting. Isn't it, though? It's it's repulsive. But I saw the thing with Super Ted, I think... <laughs> I think all of his stuff is done on pen-raised animals. I don't think he, I don't think normally he is hunting fair chase animals, fair game. 
Well, he has a five. I, I don't think there is there a fence around his place in Michigan. I'm almost I, I'm almost sure he's a you know when he when he goes to Texas he's hunting high fences. I mean that dude is such a joke that he's not oh, even yeah. he's not even worth talking about. You know, <laughs> I mean I, I'm not trying no, to no no I, no, I understand, but it's an example of <laughs> it's an example of disgusting. Yeah, he's. He's horrible. I mean, when you watch the man, you feel yeah. like you got a wad of cat shit in your mouth. That's what's that's what's so that's what's so depressing about the hunting sphere is that the people that have some of the people that have most that have most the, influence mo- the most influence are just jokes. Yeah. Like, did, like did you, how did is you like, fly him, Rico? What's that? Did you fly him at one point, Ted Nugent? No, I I no. Me and him oh, would have probably had some words. Uh, well, I had to, I would have had to keep it professional. There was ever time yeah. to fly unsafely. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I missed your comment. What was that, Matt? Oh, I said if there was ever a time to fly not safely. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, hey John, uh, to your point, um, you know, I think there needs to be a hard reset with hunters in general. You know, and Jim and I have talked about this. We went on a do-it-yourself moose hunt in Alaska in 2000. We seen three moose. Um, we seen two cows and a calf. We didn't see a bull. But 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 for me, and it sounds like for you guys also, it's not just about the kill shot for me. Like I've been on numerous. Some of the best hunts I've been on. Uh, I mean, my hunts are, you know, I, I got memories of all my hunts, but Jim and I spent 10 days in an Alaskan bush and had a blast. I mean, I could tell you details 20 plus years later of that hunt and we didn't pull the trigger. You know, it's not just about the kill in the brag book and look what I got. Look at me. You know, they're all trophies in their own way. And I think people just need to get back to the basics of, you know, savoring the sport in, in enjoying it and not have to post something and, it's just, but in today's age, everybody, you know, everything's got to be a measuring contest. You know, it's just sad that it's, it's, that that's what it's, it, and I blame the man, not only, you know, the Randy Newbergs and meat eater, whoever else you want to put in these categories, but I blame the gun manufacturers with Creedmoors. I blame Swarovski optics with that ridiculous idea. And I've got a, I've, I've, I have a bunch of Swarovski optics. I love Swarovski, but you know, the DS scope that they have, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, that has a laser beam in it. And once you program your scope and ballistics to it, you know, you could shoot, as, as you know, to freaking Mars if you want. And I called Swarovski about it to voice my opinion to him. And I said, you know, it's ridiculous that you guys are promoting this scope to make guys take a wild, unethical, unethical long shot on an animal. You know what their response was to me? Well, what about the the old, you know, 80 plus year old guy that's hunting the woods oh that can't God, see that good that's going to shoot 50 yards. Right. And I was like, nice try. I mean, come on. You know, I it just, I got you know, why, why, Everybody here's the, has, here's the thing with the technology bit. And like, I, I don't think we need any more. I think that we should have stopped about, and this is arbitrary. I, 10, 10, 15, fucking 20 years ago, just stopped it right there. You know, it's yeah. you got to pick your point because here's where here's if if you don't if you don't at some point pick some arbitrary stopping point, then how about 
I'm sitting in my armchair and I got a game <laughs> camera out. And when a deer walks by it, I got a gun underneath it and I push a button underneath it. And <laughs> the fucking deer. Yeah. Like Jim and I talked about this and it's like yeah. w- with your living room camo on that match your furniture <laughs> yeah. while you're sitting there pulling the trigger on. On, on the gun on a tripod with your remote control uh, camera that beeps your phone. Oh, yeah, there's a buck or a mountain lion. Yeah, let's just shoot it. It's like, that's what we've become. It's, it's that re- there's pick, guys that would do you it. Gotta pick, you got to pick a point. you got to pick a point at which it becomes ridiculous. That, 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 same, that same laser beam technology. So a conversation I had with some law enforcement, he's telling me that these guys now are using this ultra good night vision stuff to watch elk at night so that they know where they're betting and going and doing at night to be able to hunt them the next day. Oh, that's that should be, that should be banned. Yeah. So, so exactly, that should be illegal. So, so where, where in the hell is Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young, this, this, these super um, like gentleman group, mentality places where are they not coming out and saying this is the definition of fair chase and if you guys don't adhere to this you can't play with us because those guys those guys love to know about big animals and oh my god and what it score me personally could give a flying rat's ass about that and this is we're talking to a guy that shoots some nice shit dude but so here's the thing why aren't more people asking, why am I hunting? Why really am I doing this? Am I doing this? Right. You shoot a big animal and have pictures and, 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 and blowing it up and telling everybody where I'm at and look at me. Or, or are we hunting quietly, killing our animals, taking care of the meat, sharing it with friends over a, a glass of scotch or something and living life and being happy? And, and nope, nope. What do we got to do? We got to we got to put it on Facebook. We got to yep. put it on TikTok. We got to we got to tell everybody about it. And it's and it, and it ruins it for the serious people. And you know what else? What else it eggs on are the antis. I mean, when, when you're posting pictures of of shooting foxes for no reason, or you know, even coyotes. And you know, the fishing game told me I've never shot one in my life, but the fishing game told me oh, if you like to hunt deer in Arizona, you'll shoot every coyote that you come across. Well, I'm just not a killer, and I think a lot of guys out there, um, I'd say over 50 percent are killers, and and they're giving hunting a bad name, and and then are posting it on social media and giving you know the um, you know the the, the peta members and the anti hunters groups you know, ammo, no pun intended, uh, again, to, to, you know, go against the sport that we it's love. It's so rude. Watch. It's yeah. so fucking rude. Like where's the consideration for other members of the community that don't want that? It, that don't want to be associated with that shit, man. Right. And Matt, you brought this up before. There's one single event that shut down grizzly bear hunting in British Columbia. And that was a fucking social media post of a guy hammering a grizzly bear that literally banned grizzly bear hunting in British Columbia. Yeah. He's like, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm just, I'm just going <laughs> to, I like the blown up thing is working right now. Well, I'm just going to blow it all up for everybody. 
You exactly. Know? Look what happened to the dentist that shot the damn lion that didn't have any teeth left in his head. Right. You know, Cecil. same thing. What hey, was his name? Cecil. Leo? Cecil. Yeah, Leo, yeah. Leo the lion. <laughs> hey, Rico, like, I, I got yeah. I to gotta mention to you, because you, you've demonstrated that you have a good comprehension of the hunting industry, like gear and stuff like that and rifles. I, I'm I'm working towards, and I and I got a couple of guys that seem like they're going to help now. People keep coming out and act, acting like they're going to help, and then they freaking don't. Basically, I got I got Jim and John, Jim and John here. <laughs> right. You got to get the, you got to get start, Matt. <laughs> the, 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 the de facto board, but uh, of, of hunt quietly. So. But there's a couple other guys that show, but here's the what I'm get driving at. Uh I'm trying to to identify companies that fly under the radar, just sell good shit without getting the, the influencers involved and the hunting advertising on the hunting TV and all the BS to promote those companies. So if you have any ideas there. I just had a two-hour conversation with this guy last night. I can't believe this person exists, but he he has this company. Look him up. It's called Gulch Gear, and this dude Gulch Gear, Gulch Gear, Gulch Gear. This dude was a this dude was a an animator for Pixar. He's been involved in shitloads of big movies for pixar and he's like eh i'm done with that he's a lifelong hunter and started a camo company so he's going to be one and he doesn't advertise at all um so i'm looking for yeah so please just keep that in mind if you think of any companies that fly under the radar and aren't aren't contributing to the hype and the bs i've got three companies now gulch gear TNK hunting gear in South Dakota and a company that I can never remember the name of that's in Norway. And I don't even think we can get our products here. Their it's products not GSR here, stocks, is but it? they are going on. I'm going to, I'm going to put them on the website. So if you have any other ideas, please. Yeah. I'll keep my eyes and uh, ears open for it, Matt. Yeah. But you, Rika, you, you've been outspoken long time about, social media and i hate it not on it never and, was never will be and the yeah. hunting tv culture along like not just saying this because we're on your podcast but honestly we we go back years and years and years we've been I, lo- I love that you guys are lifelong friends man it's just awesome and He's been. Oh, yeah, we very... talk like two or three times a day when I'm not working. Oh <laughs> God, that's endearing, man. It's just endearing. If my girlfriend if... and his wife, uh, yeah, they just like roll their eyes, but they get it. <laughs> They're like, "Don't you get sick of talking about hunting and guns?" You know, that's what they say to us. You, you guys know I... you can always tell a newbie, don't you? No. It, it, when, when the first thing he walks up to you, and he wants to know. What caliber do you shoot? <laughs> what the hell does it have to do with freaking well, dude, anything? What caliber do you shoot? 
holy shit, man, I got like this gun with this super tricked out shilling barrel and this, this Timony trigger, and I've got this McMillan stock. It's a laser beam. I shoot shit in there. I got a couple of those. <laughs> but it's like, that's nice. Um, I just, you know what though? I just, I'm a, since I was a little kid, I mean, I still have some of my plastic gun, my toy guns. I mean, I'm infatuated with guns and oh, me too. I, I just love them. They're, mm. they're fine pieces of art. And, and Jim and I, I, w- I, I wish there was a way that we would have had uh, a tally of how many hours that we put discussing the various calibers and scopes and optics to, I mean, it, it's just, it's just a passion. It's a hobby. I mean, Jim, you know, are you a gun I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love guns. Yeah. I, I am a gun nut. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Jim, what I, question I, were, were you going to, Oh, sorry. What's that? See, I'm a shotgun. I, I love shotguns. That's but you know what? I, I find myself, of, I, I'm the minority person here. I think of guns as, Simply instruments that you, you that one uses to slow down animals so that you can cook and eat them. I love it. <laughs> See, I like to get into like the precision and the accuracy of the scopes and what they're doing. Like, I just love like that part of like setting them up and and getting them to fit me like a glove and just you know the whole thing and 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 trying different ammo to get the perfect you know sub MOA group. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's hey, Jim, cool. I'm sorry. What, what question were you going to ask me? I can't even remember now. Uh, I was just going to say you voiced your 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 uh, your uh, disdain for oh, hunting right. social media long, long ago, long ago, yeah, long yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. You want to take yeah. over this podcast for me, because so that. So I just poured another scotch, man. I can go as long as you guys want. But you know what's funny about that? When I first met Matt, I said to him, I said, way back in 1980, hunting TV is going to destroy us. We've talked about that so many times. Oh, Jim Jim and I have said it. It, it, Yeah, I mean. The first thing he said when, when Rico heard your podcast, he goes, it sounds like us. (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 I was driving to work when I heard when I was listening to your podcast because Jim's always you know I'm not really a podcast guy but but I wanted to listen to yours because when I heard about it I'm like man this is exactly what we're talking about so I listened to it on the way to work and I'm like oh my god it sounds just like us like everything we believe in um you know Matt seems like an ethical guy and moral and you know just just a genuine old school hunter like it should be and i was like and then when he you know when he told me he was going to be on your podcast i'm like oh that's cool and um yeah it's it's the same stuff we talked about and but you know what and matt in in i mean it's just a combination i mean we're in a 21st century right now and everybody i mean come on we got grown men with kids that think that they're uh superheroes and star uh star wars uh you know characters i i mean this is the world we live in you know everybody wants to wants to be something that that they're not in without earning it they want you know they want the big houses without earning the money for it they want the cars they want everything immediately you know instant gratification 
and and it goes right to the hunting. And and again, I'll mention the Creedmoor. These gun manufacturers are putting out these calibers that are encouraging hunters to shoot further. Um, You know, guys like Gunworks, for example, which I'd never buy their product. The same gun uh, Jimmy John used uh, to shoot that elk, that 400 and some inch bull. And it's like, you know what? You guys have, you guys are idiots. You have no idea about external ballistics and aerodynamics and what the bullet's doing. You know, did you even put the word, do you know anything about wind? Okay, you got a Kestrel. Do you know how to use, I mean, it doesn't matter. The wind can be different. What what was that? What was that now? A a Kestrel. It's it's a wind meter, you know, and it's like, okay. You know what the wind's doing here? It's like, what is the wind doing at 200 yards, at 400, at, at 600, at 1,000? I mean, it could switch, you know, five different ways, you know, be, between you and the target. And you're yeah. going to make these cowboy shots so you could. Yeah, do any of them you know, know, you know so you could, a mirage? Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, come on. You know, I mean, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be totally honest here you know i've got some really nice optics and and i'm an optics freak i've got some some really nice scopes but i know my limitation like i'm not what is it what is it what's your what's your max shot on a on a living 500 yards in a in a a perfect condition i would i i know i could shoot 500 yards and uh like i'll give you an example the year before last i shot a coos it it was uh 483 yards correct and uh, corrected with the angle, uh, I, I had to aim for 460, and I dropped him in the neck at that distance, and I got it on a video. That, not that I posted it on the social. Neck? Yes, at 460 yards. Um, my buddy, Why my aunt's buddy, Randy. In the neck? Well, I wanted to make a clean shot, and I knew the wind was coming out of the south a little bit, and and I aimed for the base of its neck, and I hit it right you know, a couple inches up from its neck. And well, he yeah, never but, knew it hit like, if you wanted to clean death, why wouldn't you shoot for the traditional area that most no. people shoot at? No, because because I, I I knew that I knew the way the you know, like uh, John said with the mirage and everything, I knew where the wind was coming from. So I'm like, if if I miss or put it this way, it, with the way the wind was going where he was standing, I'm like. I'm either going to miss it clean or I'm going to hit. If he hit, oh, gets hit in that with that caliber, oh, exactly. yeah, that's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to drop him in a track. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. that's, that's, you know, you, 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 by the way, you know what the deadliest hunter is? The deadliest hunter no. is a retired rifle hunter that's gone to archery. Oh. <laughs> because, because, he he needs to be so close. He knows all of this stuff. He needs to be so close that he becomes so deadly that it's over. No, don't you mean a retired archery? A retired archery hunter. I'm sorry, the other way rifle. around. The other a retired archery hunter that's gone to a gun. Mm-hmm. Oh right. Oh. That, yeah, that's yeah. I said that completely backwards of what I meant, but yeah. So Rico, if if you were equally confident at a thousand yards would you start shooting a thousand yards no way i would not i mean i've shot i've practiced up to 700 yards but at a thousand yards i don't care if i was a olympian ex-olympian marksman um i would not take a shot at an animal at a, at a living creature uh well put it this way at an animal at that distance i would never do it why is that because I would never take the chance of wounding it in no, 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 that no, distance. No, no, no. Okay, let me re-ask the question. 
I'm saying that you have somehow uh, hacked, you've hacked marksmanship in a way where now all of a sudden your, your chances of wounding something are as low at a thousand yards as they are currently at 500. Would you then take the thousand yard shot? No, because there's there's too many external factors like wind. No, you're still not getting it. I'm saying all of a sudden the risk of shooting because you've figured out some crazy shit. The risk at a thousand yards is no different. Is no different. No different than five hundred. Oh, I, I get the question. I just okay. My, my personal range, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shoot. I, I have my limits, and I wouldn't exceed them. I'm that disciplined. I would but, not do but it. The, and but the only it, difference it, then is wait, wait. And just to be clear, I mean, the only reason I took that shot, I there was no way to get closer. He was across the canyon. I would have never been able to get closer to that buck. Yeah, I'll answer that and, question. And, 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 and here's the thing, too. Like, if I was able to stalk closer, like, if it wasn't for, you know, him being across the mountain, you know, the, the ridge that done. I was on, you would have I, I would have definitely 100% got closer. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't but, have but Jim, back. Uh, Jim's going to answer the question. Because Jim, I think Jim gets my question a little better than. If the animal was a trophy, I would take that shot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so then you would also probably press the button from your armchair. No, 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 no. I, I can't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I will, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't. I personally, I love, uh, man. 300 yards Not, in the best is perfect. The, I, that's, the, where I, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. 300 yards. And if I could comfortably shoot 500, I still don't like, man, I don't need that. Like, give the fucking thing hey, Matt, chance. like I said, though, it, seriously, I mean, uh, under the circum, under that circumstance. It was the best you could do. I get it. it. That was, it was either, but it, it, it was, it was perfect. The deer was standing there. He, uh, I mean, it, I, I was laying across a bag with a bipod. I mean, I knew I could do that shot or I would have never taken a chance of wounding an animal. And just like with bow hunting, um, you know, I passed up some big bull. I mean, the last time I had an elk tag was 07 and I passed up some big bulls because I won't shoot past 35 yards. I just won't oh, do it. I don't good care. For you. Good for you. I've wounded I mean, a shit pile of elk with my bow. So yeah. Uh, like yeah. Eight, see, I, like I, eight, I, I would hate I've that. Wounded eight. Oh, geez. I I like the guy from. Oh, so is everybody else. They just won't fucking admit it. <laughs> I, I like the guy from Rob Paul from Mountain Pursuit, who Rob who Shaw. Said, Rob Shaw. I'm sorry. Yeah, God, he damn, has I, stipulated. He has stipulated what the maximum distance is. Yes, be. and I agree with it. When he said that, that biologists have said an animal cannot hear you or detect another human past 400 yards or what I, I, I agree with that. That, oh, that seems the, like the most objective measure ever. I didn't pick up on that. Thank you. That's cool. Yeah. If they can't, I, even I in no chance. They have no chance of even they have no idea you're there. Yeah. So, so 400 yards that that's cool. That is cool. 
That makes it that more should be the threshold of fair chase. It needs yeah. to be within 400 yards. So, so realistically, if you've got equipment that can that can do it, and your ability is there, after a given yardage, it's really not fair chase anymore. Yeah, uh, hey, Jim has no chance of smelling, hearing, or knowing, or hearing. Well, hey, hey, Jim. Well, well, just to play devil's advocate with this scenario, what about the mountain line I shot within seventy yards that didn't know I was there that was going to the call that I had? Same hey, thing. That, that's, At least he could conceivably. Different. He could conceivably yeah. pick you up. Yep. You've given that animal the ability to detect you based on his evolutionary uh, attributes to detect other prey, predators, etc. I mean, you could if you, were, thing with if you shot him from 600, then that's a different story. Oh, I got to, I got to, I got to get Rob. I got to call Rob up because that's brilliant. That's brilliant because it makes it so that it's not just some arbitrary cutoff. So, you know, what's interesting about all that you talk about, you talk about rifle scopes and, and ballistics and all of the things that we can do. Yet, when it comes to archery, most states will state if you have more than 80% let off, you cannot use that bow legally to hunt with. Yeah. So when are we going to say if you have a scope that is capable or ballistically right. the gun is capable of, you can't use that anymore? Yeah. Right. I mean, isn't what's good for the goose good for the gander? It, it Matt, Matt, you said it. It takes the people that have a voice to listen to the folks that hunt quietly to make those changes. Yeah. I, I pride myself in being able to go to a place hunting. And other than me stopping to say thank you, they never know I was there. Yep. John, 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 I don't, I don't like being seen in public and, and camo. Teach their own. I have good friends that work. <laughs> but John, John changes into his camo when he arrives at his hunting location, and then changes out of them when he leaves. You know, you know what the grossest thing? You know what I do that. Like if I stop at a grocery store after hunting, I, I'll usually change. Oh, me too. Every time, because you don't want to look yeah. like an anti-federalist, right? Yeah, I don't want somebody. You know, running her mouth at a grocery store on the way home from a hunt or something. It's not about being proud of, of, of being a hunter. To me, it's about showing respect to others. They don't need to see that shit. I don't yeah. want people knowing I'm doing that. I want to be as quiet as absolutely possible. Discreet. Discreet. I yes. want to go, I want to go kill my animal. I want to take care of it. I don't want any trace of it left there. I yep. I, I even do that driving into areas. Well, I'll speak for, you know, depending on what I'm hunting, you know, the coos hunt, you know, I'm there dark and usually camped out in the area anyways or close to it. But like for, you know, if I'm driving in to do a mountain lion stand or something, you know, I'm just going to have a regular t-shirt on until I get it to my spot. Cause I don't want somebody, you know, seeing, Oh, that's a hundred to mess with my Jeep or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I oh, 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 oh. Okay, right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have people showing one, like in the case of Cam Haynes, for example, 1.2 million followers. What he's up to. How many, how many stickers do you guys have in the camper or in the top of your pickup? <laughs> yeah. 
Zero. Yeah, you know, that, I, I almost, I was going to. Right. That, that, that would be like, that would be the equivalent to me is like putting a political sticker on your vehicle, which I would never do with, for the risk. Of I, saw it, like, I, I did order a hunt quietly bumper sticker. Yep. Oh, me too. my heart is warm. But, but I saw that <laughs> loaded. I did. <laughs> What's I that, John? Texted, I was going to text Matt and say, if I had a truck loaded with stickers, would you still love me? <laughs> <laughs> I would I would I would hate the sin and love the sinner, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I vacillate oh, whether it should go in my gun case or my my truck. What's that? Oh, it's your work truck. I would put it on your work truck, Jim, then. Listen, <laughs> I vacillate on whether that bumper sticker should go on my gun case oh, or my work truck. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So the only reason I wanted merch is because, man, I don't freaking, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give this whole thing to Rico. We're going to have a conversation after the podcast. I'm going to try to, I'll just produce Rico's podcast after this and he can take it over, man. He's got more freaking credibility. He's an airline oh, pilot, for God's sake. <laughs> You ain't gonna, if, you, if you're going to trust anybody, trust the dude that's flying your freaking plane, you know? And uh, But the only reason I got the merch is just to get the word out, out there. there. Because here's oh. what I'm looking at. Here's what you said. You guys said it. You guys said it. You said, both said, this is shit we thought for years. The whole thing that I, the whole, I, okay, that's the whole silent majority thing. I'm just wondering, it's an experiment. And how many of us out there are thinking the same thing and have been for a long time, man? I think there's a lot of us. I think there's a lot of people that watch hunting TV, social media, and they sit there with a horrible taste in their mouth. And they've long since been like the four of us where this, this is going to cause huge problems. We're not going to do it. And, and, and we're going to, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done with it. How, how, how many people, how many of us are there? And if we, if we, if we get us all together, you know, and I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be the freaking David Koresh. I don't give a shit about that, man. I don't give a shit about that. I'm going to get you a shirt that says David. Um, <laughs> if we can all come together somehow, can, can we save this thing? Can we save this thing somehow? You know? I mean, hey. I, I think I, I think it's a great idea. I, I wish it would. I, I wish that, that that we were able to educate, you know, from new hunters to, you know, veterans out there to, to hunt, you know, and, and think like we do along the lines that we do and, and I, not um, – we were an advocate for subscribe to the bullshit. Yeah. And, and I'll be, and, and you guys were talking about, uh, was it go hunt? But what about, uh, Onyx? Oh, I mean, they, I write, they, write, the- they wrote an article a couple of years ago about, uh, how to use their product to find a hunting lease for yourself. Additionally, right. that dude, his name is Eric Siegfried. Eric Siegfried. Siegfried. John is, John is looking into that dude. And he owns a few. So, so he Go has ahead, bought. John. He has bought two ranches in in this end of the state just recently, and also 
an outfitting business. So, so what's he tell? What's he telling us? He's telling us he's just he's just showing us how to get access to all these public lands. Well, he's also like to ruin the sport that he loves. Yeah, he's also all about like corner cross or not cor- landlocked. He's landlocked. coming out strong. They did the study. They've discovered they, they used their mapping software to figure out there's 900,000 acres of landlocked out here. But now he owns lands. Land, uh, he owns and, a ranch. He's like, isn't it an tra- atrocity? Isn't it that? Isn't that so unfortunate? That there's all this landlocked that the common hunter can't man can't get to. But now he owns land land uh, ranches with landlocked and he just bought an outfitting business. We're trying to piece this shit together. If I had, I I'm hoping I get the, we get the balls. To yeah. call them so, up so, so what's interesting is what's, what's great about it. Not great, but it's like, so he's using our money because we subscribed to his product to turn around and buy land to lock us out. Yeah. Yep. I would. Oh, I would never. That's, that's that. Cabela's. That's, that's real tree. That's really. Yeah. At what point are hunters going to say all of you major manufacturers need to buy at least one ranch a year in given states and turn them over to public accessibility? Because at what point are they gonna are they gonna invite so many people? To the sport, there's no place to put them. There's no place to go hunting. And then we're already there, man. We're already there. But then, yeah. but it's oh like, yeah. Come on, you guys. Uh, quit quit posting record profits, sticking it in your pocket, and buy land so people have a place to hunt and sell more product. But I don't think they're that smart. No. Well, or they're or they're, or they're really smart and. And they're like, I don't give a shit if it all goes private. The private, if it all goes private, those dudes got way more money to spend. Like the dude that's, Fuck least, yeah. you know, exactly. I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't know that there's, there's more of us flannel shirt hunters that just want to go hunt than there are the big money people that are leasing stuff up. And I think our voice needs to be heard. This podcast is a start. You guys are on the same page. We need to keep moving forward. 100%. Yep. And the only good thing about this podcast, the only good thing about this podcast is people, it's given, well, and it's saving my sanity because I just needed a place to say what I think. But the only really good thing is is like giving a place. It's all about all about giving a platform to average everyday hunters, man. Yeah. Hey, hey Matt, serious. I mean, you're very, you, I know you're passionate about this movement. And I mean, I wouldn't even look at these forums to aggravate yourself. And, you know, because I mean, don't throw the towel in, man. Don't quit. I mean, I think you're on the right yeah. path and, well, and I would just keep going with it. I mean, I mean, there's, there's, there's guys like us out there that, that, that you know, believe in a movement and, and agree with you, you know, and, and don't want hunting ruined, you know. Uh, well, if you, don't want me, if you don't want me to stop, Rico, then 
you need it's it's guys like you three. It's people like you three that we get. It's got to be a team, man. And I don't yeah. care who the leader is, man. I don't give a shit who the leader is of the team. Matt, but it's got to be a team, Matt. What I I I think I told you this when we talked. Maybe not on the podcast, but I follow Meat Eater. And they had Tom Miranda on. Oh my God. Who, you know, who Tom Miranda is? Yes. John? I've heard that okay. name. I yes. just can't, can't picture him. I can't figure out how I know that name, but I know that name. He was a trapper that made hunting video or that made how to trapping videos way back in the day. And he was on Meat Eater podcast. And they were talking to him about he doesn't freaking hunt with a camera. Doesn't hunt with with his his kids, like it's all about filling his goals and 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 being this hunter. With he's the first person to, to document shooting all twenty nine species of of North America big game. He was the first person to do. It. Anyway, it, it was just shocking that he said um, that he doesn't hunt without a camera and that he doesn't hunt with his kids or or is mainly focused on his goals. So Meat Eater posted on on, on uh, Instagram, and then I responded to it and said, this is be- way before I even reached out to you. I said, Matt Ranella's words are really resonating with me right now about hunting for the wrong reasons, and it's very, very disappointing. Tom Miranda, who's been doing this for years, had actually said this. Mm. And dude, so many people agreed with me. So many people were like, yeah, that was effed up basically. Mm. And so again, going back, I think there's way more people out there that are like us for. I've been preaching to Matt for a long time that I really believe there are more of us out there. Have I? Have I? Oh yeah, yeah. Preach that because it's like, and we, you have to get to them. I watch a lot of. I watch all the freaking Star Wars shit, man. Like all the. Oh, you don't have the stickers on your on your on your vehicle, do you, Matt? No, I haven't like gone the, that far, but you don't you don't have the stormtrooper uh, family pictures on there. No, or, uh, no. stickers. Hey, man, this is a this is a sensitive moment for me because I'm admitting some shit because I shouldn't be watching fantasy land bullshit, but I love it. And a lot of this stuff, like the Mandalorian and stuff, they're always trying to find the the last vestiges, the few remaining, um, the few the 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 few remain. What are they called? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I know this. Look at the freaking dudes. I, the, yeah, what? the guys. But I have. No, 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 no. Let me finish. <laughs> what are they called? The Mandalorians. No, 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 no. Jedi's. The Jedi's. Oh, the Jedi's. The They're always Jedi. trying to find the last remaining Jedi's. Okay. So yeah. I think look at it like that. We're trying to find out. I, I rather use the last of them. There's Jedi's out there still, man. We're trying to bring the Jedi's. I think together. there's a lot of Jedi's, and we're an old. 
they're are hard to find. They're hard to find because they aren't on goddamn freaking Instagram, right? You know. Yeah. Um, and that's funny. There's, I think, there's more of us than there's not, and it's always the, it's always the uh, silent or silent majority that needs to come out of the woodwork and get in line in, you know, in yeah. March. I'll have people say to me, we just can't find a place to hunt. And I'll say, have you ever thought about joining your local archery club or your local rod and gun club and making some friends and some contacts and learning how to approach landowners, show them some respect, show them some help, whatever, cultural relationship, find a place to hunt. And they all look at you like you've been on Mars. Yeah, we're trying. Hey, that's how we did. Hey, that's how we did it back home, Jim. Oh, yeah. I yeah. grew up that way. My dad absolutely made sure that I went to every landowner and asked for permission and had him sign a slip saying I could be there. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey I got to tell you guys a funny story, uh, Jim. Remember that? Uh, I think I told you this. Mike Short and I went out to the Craig Farm out there by the Game Lands. Remember? Yeah. Uh, you know where that's at off of uh, the Bachton Road? That, that's where. That's the first time I got chased by cows and I got zapped by that fence. Oh, uh, <laughs> Matt and John, this guy was so funny. Old school farmer from Western PA. So me and, and a friend of Jim and I's, uh, he used to date my sister. And uh, we went out there, uh, we, we went out there dove hunting. And uh, we were like, hey, Mr. Craig, you know, we, we know you guys got a lot of dove out here. You know, we'll be careful we'll pick up our shotgun shells and everything and uh he's like yeah you guys uh yeah you're welcome to you know we were real respectful you know uh, almost offered to shovel shit for him for his cows and as we were going to hunt and close it he's like okay guys have fun he goes watch your balls on that fence boys it was an electric fence we had to go over oh it was it funny man but yeah we went out there it was there was some fun times stuff hunting out there <laughs> That same farm when I got oh, my oh, license. No, and then he goes, no, he goes, watch your balls on that fence, boys. He goes, you'll jingle them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy was freaking hilarious, man. Oh, the memories, jeez. I have a close friend, Phil Smith, that he, when he gets stung by a bee, he goes and puts his finger, or like, let's say, wherever, whatever appendage gets stung. He goes and puts it on the electric fence. He says it. it he, he says it ameliorates the the sting. It the venom. I guess. Yeah. I got a funny. That's, Go ahead. That same farm, the Craig farm, is, is as soon as I turned sixteen, they had a big pond that they would let people fish. As soon as I got my license, one of the first places I went, I asked my parents, "Can I can I take the car to go fishing?" And I went there by myself and jumped over the fence, went fishing on my way back. All these cows were like surrounding me. So I started taking off. They thought I was going to feed them. And I just put my hand down and jumped over and got zapped. So, so quick story about getting zapped. I move out here 30 plus years ago. My prize Springer Spaniel gets bit in the side of the head by a rattlesnake. I call this this guy that I've known for four days, and he says, "You gotta shock him. You gotta you gotta 
pull a spark plug wire off your pickup truck and you got to stick another wire in there and you got to start that thing up and hold that wire on that. I'm somehow plug. assuming this guy is not a medical professional. No. Okay. No. <laughs> and, says, and you shot that bite area and it will kill the venom and everything will be fine. So I'm panicking. I'm panicking because my dog's head is swelling up and he's walking sideways. I get the lamp, cut the cord off of it. I stick the wire in the end of the spark plug on the pickup truck. I, I have my, we get the pickup truck started. I, I'm shocking myself holding this damn wire. I hold it on this dog's head. And what does the dog do? He turns and bites me in the forearm. He runs underneath the deck. I'm laying there bleeding. The dog's dizzy. He's been electrocuted. The pickup is missing. And, 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 and we're looking at the dog like, what the hell is he going to be better? And, and <laughs> dog's like, shoot me, <laughs> put me out of my misery. And so then, oh, another guy says, "You got to pour coffee down his throat. He'll be fine." So <laughs> we get this pot of coffee. I fish this dog out from under the deck. I pour coffee down his throat. I'm sure we scalded his face. The dog is thoroughly pissed by now. He goes underneath another vehicle. He won't come out. I call the vet and tell him what I've done. And he laughs at me. He says, who the hell told you that? And I tell him and he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe sometimes it works. But why don't you bring him on in and I'll fix him for you. <laughs> yeah, the dog survived in spite of all the shit yeah. he did, not because yeah. of all the shit <laughs> right. he did. Right. The rattlesnake fight exactly was the least of his problems, jeez. Oh, all right. that's some funny stuff. Oh, mate, my God, this has been such a great conversation. I don't know if anybody else will like it, but I sure as hell did. <laughs> so, let's uh, let's wrap it it's, up. But, man, it may you, not be the best podcast, but it's certainly the most uh, alcohol consumed on a podcast. Oh, man. Absolutely. If people don't want to hear this kind of a podcast, then I have nothing to we, I, have, I have nothing to offer them, man. Collectively, be, be, between all of us. <laughs> <laughs> the doers is going down pretty good man oh, i think i think i think that this might this podcast might have to cut in line i've been trying to or like air them sequentially uh but i like this one so much it might go next <laughs> because it's just yeah it's just real freaking conversation it's real so. people that are real hunters that have a real concern about the future yeah. yeah and that's where it needs yeah. to go and more people I'm, i i've I wanted to say this all along now is the time if you're serious about hunting to step up and pay attention yeah yeah it's going downhill fast yeah couldn't agree yeah. more yeah couldn't yeah. agree more but hey man just keep it up man don't don't get discouraged i mean well thank you thank you rico i really appreciate the the encouragement and and let let let's just let's make it collaborative. Let's keep working together and and if we yeah. can, if we'll if we can keep working together, then I'll keep going. Um, yeah. So, and God dang it, man! I only met you two hours and twenty seven minutes ago, but I, Rico, um, but I can say to all three of you freaking dudes i care so much about your hunting and i and i truly love you man i truly love you guys and i just want 
want you to have good experiences, hunters. You're out there for the right reasons, and that's what I care about. I didn't even realize that I cared about other people's hunting until I started this stupid freaking journey that I'm on now. And now I realize, holy shit, I really do. I really do care about it. I care about it so much. Man, I, I'd, I'd give up my own hunting for everybody for your guys' hunting. Man, I really would. I really would. I, I I'm no. just. I mean, I'm I, I think all, in, in, all about again, people that are doing it for the right reasons, man. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Hey, hey, Matt, the sport needs guys like yourself and and us being ethical, especially against the war of of, of current media and you know social media and all the other BS that's out there, and. You know, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's just crazy. I mean, I've seen it go downhill in this state, and uh, you know, it's just it's sad the words yeah. going and uh, and why because of greed from you know the game commissions to the manufacturers to the, the hunters to social media, YouTube, you name it. You know, but I, I think you're on. I think it's great that there's uh, you know, not blowing smoke, but there's guys like yourself that are that care enough to, to dedicate your time and effort towards this. All right. Well, let's uh, stay in touch. Let's keep talking about it. Let's keep thinking it through and try to make a difference. Sounds good. All right, yeah, man. Thanks guys. So Thank you so glad much. You guys are out there. Glad to meet, hey, nice to meet you guys. All right. Bye. I'll see you.